Well, friends, good morning. Good morning, and welcome to worship at Pleasant Street Christian Forum Church. This is a special and beautiful and important day for us as a church, and we're so glad that you are joining us for it in person here, uh, also online as well, for those of you who are not able to be with us in person. Uh, Lots of important things happening today, and as a result, there's some visitors with us as well today. So if you're a guest, if this is your first time that you are joining us for worship, or if it's been a while, welcome. Uh, As an important reminder, I want to let everyone know that when we worship together, we do so using words printed on the bulletin that you received, and also they'll be displayed on the screens as well. Those are the things that we sing together and that we say together, and there's a lot to sing about today. Uh, Not least of which, because today is is Pentecost Sunday, when we remember that Jesus, who was at one time physically present to a few people, is now spiritually present to anyone and everyone who calls on his name. And that's the reason that we're here, because last I checked, none of us were 2,000 years old. And so it's good to be here in the presence of God Today is also special, though, because today we get to celebrate and remember our baptism, and one of us will be baptized. And if you think about it, that's a little bit of an odd combination, fire and water. Usually that just creates a lot of steam and extinguishes anything exciting, but today these two images are actually beautiful pictures for us that the Bible gives us about our life with God. So if you are a person this morning who is looking for something worth living for, and feel like you're stumbling in the dark. It is the Holy Spirit's fire and light that comes upon us, showing us the way forward. And if you are a person for whom the marrow of life seems to have dried up, you're not sure what any of this is about anymore, it is the Spirit that fills us with the promises of God like the water covers the earth. And so, friends, in that bright hope and in the presence of God who loves us and who made us, would you rise and let's say our call to worship. Friends, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. There's no end to his greatness. One generation shall praise your works to another. All your works praise you, Lord. And your faithful servants bless you. They make known the glory of your kingdom. My mouth shall speak the praises of the Lord.
You may be seated. Brothers and sisters, baptism is the sign and seal of God's promises to this covenant people. In baptism, God promises by grace alone to forgive our sins, to adopt us into the body of Christ, the church, to send the Holy Spirit daily to renew and cleanse us, and to resurrect us to eternal life. We get to see and hear God's promise of grace in the water of baptism. Water cleanses, purifies, refreshes, sustains. Friends, Jesus Christ is living water. Through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the power of sin was broken. God's kingdom entered our world, and we have become citizens of that kingdom. Our baptism is the sign of God's promise to wash us of sins. It is God's seal and his mark on us, telling us that we belong in life and in death to Jesus. And through baptism, Christ calls us to love and trust him completely, to forsake the evil of the world, and to live a new and holy life. And so, we neither despair of God's mercy when we sin, nor do we continue in sin, for baptism is the sign of God's promises of grace to us. Congregation, I ask all of you once again to reject sin, and to profess your faith in Jesus. Would you please rise? Brothers and sisters, trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you once again turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in this world? What is your answer? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? What is your answer? And will you? Be Christ's faithful disciples, obeying his word and showing his love. Thanks be to God. Go ahead and take a seat. When we gather together, we remember our baptism together, which happens just the one time in our lives. And yet somehow, through this water, by the Holy Spirit, God places a, a watermark, you could say, beneath the surface of our lives. And as we go, the goal is for us to remember together this act, this declaration of God that we belong to him in life and in death, body and soul, to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And having remembered this together, one of us actually has a chance to receive the sacrament of baptism. Joanna comes before us to make a public profession of her faith and to receive baptism. You stand, Joanna. Come on up. Joanna, I ask you before God and Christ Church to also reject evil, to profess your faith in Jesus Christ, and to confess the faith of our church together. It's a little crowded up here. Hey, ready? Joanna, do you renounce sin and the power of evil in your life and in this world? I renounce them. 
Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to redeem the world? Do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from your sin? And do you, with repentance and joy, embrace him as the Lord of your life? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God, revealing Christ and his redemption, and that the confessions of this church faithfully reflect this revelation? Do you promise to do all that you can with the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen your love and commitment to Christ by sharing faithfully in the life of this church, honoring and submitting to its authority? And do you join with the people of God in worship, fellowship, and mission? What's your answer? I do. God helping me. Friends, I have a question for you as well. Would you rise? Congregation. Do you promise to receive Joanna in love as your sister in Christ, support her with your fellowship and prayers, and recognizing her gifts, invite her into the life and mission of our congregation? What is your answer? You may be seated. We have a story to tell. Good morning, everybody. As you may know, my name is Joanna Graves, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be baptized, profess my faith, and share my testimony with all of you this morning. I have been meeting with Pastor Matthew for the past few weeks and thinking about what I've wanted to say up here today. I've grown up in the church my whole life, but my faith was always two-dimensional. I loved God, and I knew what Jesus had done for me, but I always wanted a deeper relationship with him. When I was in third grade, my life had changed forever. I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I was worried and anxious all the time, and I couldn't eat. I was so tiny, and I was scared. I was scared because I couldn't eat, scared because I was different from everyone, and scared that I couldn't get through it. During this challenging time, my faith in God only grew stronger. I prayed and I prayed, and eventually, he answered those prayers. Over time, it became easier to eat, and I began to think clearly again. I still had anxiety, but I could work through it and process it way better. God was with me the entire time, and he still is. He never left my side, and he brought people into my life who helped me along the way. One person he gave me, and she's here today, is my mom. My mom is always there with a smile, a hug, and she's the first person to pray for me if I'm having a rough time or I just need someone to talk to. God, my family, and my friends are the most important things in my life. They help me through all of my struggles and are always there to celebrate with me, like today, in the good times. Over the last few years, I've been doing worship here, as you can see this morning, and at my school. When I worship, I feel so close to God, and I feel like I'm using the gift that he has given me and giving it right back to him. Having that sense of purpose in my life. Worship is a big part of helping me with all of my anxiety, and it's something really important in my life, and I'm so glad that I get to do it here today. Some people here today have known me my entire life, and some people are new faces. I am here to take this gift that God has given me, and I choose to accept it. God has brought me through so many things in my life already, and I want an even closer relationship with him as I continue my faith journey. I want to say a big thank you to all my friends, family members, teachers, mentors, and others on their own walks of faith 
for being here and helping me reach this next step in my walk with Jesus. Thank you. So Joanna speaks her own story up there, but no one makes this journey alone as she's put so eloquently for us. In fact, Joanna's been part of a group of students making profession of faith together, and so this, this little cloud of witnesses is going gonna, is gonna to join you and invite the elders to join us as well. Friends, would you pray with me? Friends, in the presence of Jesus, we give you thanks, holy and gracious God, for the gift of water. For in the beginning of creation, your spirit moved over the waters. In the waters of the flood, you destroyed evil. You led the children of Israel through the sea and into the freedom of the promised land. In the river Jordan, John baptized Jesus, and your spirit anointed him. By his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ, the living water, forgives us, frees us from sin and death, and opens the way to life everlasting. We thank you, O God, for the gift of baptism. In this water, you confirm to us that we are buried with Christ in his death, and are raised to share in his resurrection. And being renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are united to Christ in his mission. Send your Holy Spirit now, we pray, upon Joanna, that this water may be a spring gushing up to eternal life. Wash away her sin, raise her to new life, and graft her to the body of Christ. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon her daily that she may have wisdom to discern her gifts strength to obey your will, and joy in answering your call. To you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, be all praise, honor, and glory now and forever. Amen. Joanna Meredith Grave, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Joanna, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Pray with me. Father in heaven, for Jesus' sake, stir up in Joanna the gift of your Holy Spirit. Confirm her faith, guide her life, empower her serving, give her patience in suffering, and bring her to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Friends, I get to declare good news to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only king and the head of the church. Joanna is now received into membership of the Holy Catholic Church, engaged to confess Christ to be God's faithful servant until the end of her life. Amen. We should clap. Welcome. Please rise as we continue with our worship.
But wait, there's more. Okay. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, our baptism calls us to personally and publicly respond also to God's promises in Jesus Christ. Paul proclaims, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Today, along with Joanna, it is our joy to welcome Emma Wieringa, Ali Anima, Caden Anima, Eli Fortna, and Annika Fortna as professing members of this church. Would you guys please stand? In their baptism, God marked each one of them as his own. And today, they wish to respond publicly to God's gracious watermark, to confess Christ as Lord and Savior, and to offer themselves as his willing servants. Public profession of faith is a significant milestone in all of our lives. We profess our faith in every worship service, and in every step of faith and commitment we take in our walk with God. Today, Emma, Allie, Caden, Eli, and Annika are taking another step by publicly declaring their faith and becoming full participants in the life and mission of this congregation. Emma, we rejoice that you have now decided to respond to your baptism by publicly professing your faith in Jesus Christ. I have some questions for you. Ready? Emma. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, sent to redeem the world? Do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from sin? And do you, with repentance and joy, embrace him as the Lord of your life? What's your answer? I do, with God's help. Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God, revealing Christ and his redemption, and that the confessions of this church faithfully reflect that revelation? Do you accept the gracious promises of God sealed to you in your baptism? And do you affirm your union with Christ and his church, which your baptism signifies? I do. That's... Do you promise to do all that you can with the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen your love and commitment to Christ by sharing faithfully in the life of this church, honoring and submitting to its authority? And do you join with the people of God in worship, fellowship, and mission? Good morning, everyone. I'm Emma Waringa. Um, this is my faith story. Heads up, it's a little long because God's worked a lot in my life. Right. Christian is a word I've used my whole life, and I used to think I knew exactly what it meant. I always addressed myself as a Christian in church at Whitensville Christian School. I went to youth group and felt a really good connection there. But faith felt like a second thought once I walked outside the stores. I'd grown up watching VeggieTales, I'd gone to all the Sunday school and Echo things. I felt like I was a Christian. I felt like my life as a Christian had been, well, now that I look at it, little appetizers sprinkled throughout my life, like reading the book Not a Fan was a big step for me or helping a friend. I felt like I had little puzzle pieces, but I hadn't seen the big picture. I'd always known that it, what it meant to believe in God and we go to church and we were supposed to love him. But I never knew Christian was, Christian was a feeling until this summer. This summer, I kind of went through a rough patch with God. A little summary of my faith over the past years to the past few months before my rough patch was, I had to say that my faith was pretty okay. 
I had been praying to God when I could, and I always tried to pray before bed if I could keep my eyes open, and was doing all the Christian still, things still, like going to youth group and church. But then, right before school let out last year, I guess it started with stress or something, but for whatever reason, I started not being able to sleep well. I know it sounds like kind of a pathetic thing to almost lose your faith over, but it was enough to push me over the edge. I had always been a good sleeper. In fact, my parents said I was born five days late because I had slept in. <laughs> but now, every time I would go to bed, I would find myself up for two hours just lying there. It started to affect my mood and attitude during the day. I started to have more anxiety about going to bed at night because I knew I wasn't going to sleep. And once I was in that weird shift of those two hours of just lying there, I would start to get mad at God. I would tell him, I've done everything right, so why don't you just let me sleep? Or just, let me go to sleep, I know you're good. Or sometimes I would read my Bible before bed and pray and tell God I trusted him and I knew he was good, and then try to fall asleep and would just stay up. I was so frustrated and confused with God that during the, even after the time I started to get back into my normal sleep routine, I was still mad at him. God and I tried to be acquaintances, and I really did try to get my faith back to where it was beforehand but I didn't really know where to start, and I guess I just started doubting God. It stayed like that until I went to a Christian summer camp a few weeks later. Now that I think about it, it's even a miracle I was going to that summer camp, because I almost ended up going to a soccer camp instead. When the time came to go, I remember driving up to the camp anxious and scared, worried about where my faith was gonna go with this camp. Were things going to get better? What if they didn't? If I didn't feel his presence there, then did that mean he wasn't real? I remember as we drove up to the camp, onto the dirt road, I said to myself, if this doesn't work out, I really don't know what I'm going to do with my faith. This felt like my last straw, my last hope of relighting my faith. I got dropped off, unpacked, and was soon in a gym for chapel. I remember sitting in the back seat with my cabin mates, a group of girls who I had mostly known from school and two other new girls. The lights started to go off, and the stage lights came on. A group came onto the stage, and the words came on the screen. I stood there feeling alone and out of my skin as the music started and everyone around me started to cheer and put their hands up and sing along with what looked like life-changing faces. I was envious of those people. I wasn't feeling anything and felt like I was on the outside looking in. I remember thinking, God, I don't feel anything. Does that mean... For the next two songs, I felt like that. And then the third song came on. And I really started to listen to the words. I had heard the song millions of times off the radio or in chapel, but, but never like this. This time it felt fresh, like a nice cold glass of water. And suddenly it was like, like I was breathing in the words, I am a child of God. And it felt like something kind of clicked, and I could see the world, and I could feel them. I could feel the truth. It was like I was surrounded, like the words were absorbing to every part of me. I was no longer a slave to fear. I was surrounded by the Father's arm this whole time. He hadn't left me. He hadn't forsaken me. He had been here all along. I think I had been crying during that song, and I raised my hand, and I felt it. I had felt it. I had felt God's presence. And after the song ended and my hand was down, I asked God, okay, I know you're here. I know you exist. What's next? And then he showed me. And he gave me a sermon that was exactly what I needed. And I remember leaving the gym, and I felt changed somehow. I didn't feel like the same person anymore. I had questions. I wanted to learn. I think I wanted all of this. And the next day after that, he gave me another perfect sermon, and another, and the day after that. Every single sermon, every time we met to talk as a group, something was clicking. And for the next week, I felt God's presence. I felt him next to me. I decided I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to love God with all my heart and with all my soul. I wanted to give my life for him. 
He gave me an amazing week there, spiritually and socially. I made a lot of good friends there. I felt like I could talk to them about my faith. I feel like I'd become sisters with him. That's actually another way he blessed me and took care of me that week. The first day when we were all there, we were all kind of knew each other. We all slept in the same room, listening to each other's breathings in the awkward silence of the morning. But I still remember feeling alone in that space, even though I was surrounded by people. But I did have God too, which helped. But the second day, we were, all, we were all there. It was perfect. We all went tubing together, which in case you didn't know, is a great way to bond as you hold on tight for your life, being bounced along the waves, thinking you will die in the next few seconds. Fun, right? Well, it worked. And we all came out as friends after that. Thrilling life experience. Then we won a bunch of games together and won a trophy. And then that, the next day, we all became friends, or like I said, rather sisters. God took good care of me. He gave me friends, his friends, and also a mentor that week, my cabin leader. My cabin leader was a person of grace and love. She inspired me so much, not just when we talked about God, but also the way she lived her life. She'd often point out God's presence to us or encourage us and tell us we did good even when we lost. She and I had a one-on-one -on -one conversation that gave me the opportunity to tell her where I was in renovating my faith at that point in my life. And she helped me guide me in the right direction. I watched her as she helped someone who was working at the camp who was struggling to understand the future in God. I watched her as she led them and showed them God's goodness. She was a complete and utter light and still helps me today along, my faith, along with my parents who also guide me. My parents who anytime I have a question, anytime I feel like my faith is slipping, are there with me with their wisdom, encouragement, and hugs. Who also knows how to help me spiritually and how to, how to help me and encourage me in my faith God. So, oh, also I would like to thank in my faith Annika Bema and Diane who have been there ever since the beginning. But there's a little shout out to my parents and Annika. Back to the story. Eventually that awesome life-changing week came to an end and it was time to go home. I remember my parents picking me up and I felt like a whole different person when I saw them. I remember we were driving back and we passed the same spot along the road where I had said I was going to give up my faith if it didn't work out. I just smiled and almost cried as we passed that spot. God had met me in that summer camp and changed my life on a different level. He hadn't just relit my faith, but he had renovated it. I felt like I was a completely person, different person now, and I wanted to stay like this, living in God's presence. I wanted this fire to feed burning in my soul. I wanted to truly be called a Christian. I wanted to know God was there. I wanted to know more. So me and God have been meeting a lot since then. We've been studying his word. I've been doing diva, singing in worship, and God has been there right with me. He has strengthened, strengthened my faith so much as he, he has grown me as a Christian. He showed me life lessons, how to stay with him, the beauty of helping others, I have drifted and he has shown me the way back. He has shown me his mercy. Christianity is a word I once thought I knew the meaning of, but I was only scraping the surface. I want to learn more about him now. I want to live my life for him, to learn about him, help others, and never look back. Allie, we rejoice also that you have decided to respond to your baptism and pro publicly profess your faith in Jesus. And I have some questions for you. Allie, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to redeem the world? Do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from your sin? And do you, with repentance and joy, embrace him as the Lord of your life? I do, with God's help. Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God revealing Christ and his redemption and that the confessions of this church faithfully reflect this revelation? I do with God's help. 
Do you accept the gracious providences of God sealed to you in your baptism? And do you affirm your union with Christ and his church, which your baptism signifies? I do, with God's help. Do you promise to do all that you can with the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen your love and commitment to Christ by sharing faithfully in the life of the church, honoring and submitting to its authority? And do you join with the people of God in worship, fellowship, and mission? Good morning, everyone. I'm Allie, and I would like to share my faith story with you all. From a young age, I have always lived in a Christ-centered environment, from home to school to church. Everywhere I went, I was surrounded by God-fearing, wholly devoted Christians. I thank everyone who was a part of my life for doing that and setting such a good example for how I should live my life. Growing up in this Christ-centered environment helped me develop many mentors in my faith journey, two of whom were Annika and Diane. Ever since I started youth group in middle school, I have always felt that they cared so much for each and every child that came through any of the many programs that Pleasant Street had to offer. They made sure to spend one-on-one -on -one time with every student and helped us get through any struggles we had been facing in life. It was through Annika and Diane that, I, that the biggest moments in my faith journey occurred. I saw God in them every single day. It was so apparent that they fully relied on God when making any big decision in life, which has been such a tremendous blessing and will definitely help me when making big decisions in the future. During youth group, there was one question we asked every single time we met. Where have you seen God this week? Asking this question helped me be much more intentional about my faith and helped me observe my life and where God shows up daily. This has helped me appreciate every aspect of God's creation, from the birds in the sky, to the daily sunrise and sunset, to the plants growing on the ground, to the music that we sing every day. It was that, that fascination that has actually helped me develop an idea about what I want to do with the rest of my life. This past year has been filled with so much uncertainty. The upcoming years will be full of very large decisions that will dictate how and what I will do with my life, which has given me already a very anxious and nervous person, a lot of stress and anxiety. It is in these kinds of moments where my faith grows the most, because as many of my faith mentors have reminded me this past year, Every person is put where God needs them to be. This year at Berea, we talked a lot about every person's purpose, which, is kind of, which kind of spoke to me because that was the very thing I was wrestling with in my mind as well. God is obviously very present in that weekend at Berea and knew exactly what the group of people really needed to hear. We have been think I have been thinking a lot about Psalm 23 verses one to four lately. It reads, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in need. He lets me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This verse reminds me that God leads me wherever he needs me to go, and even though we may go through rough patches at times, he never abandons us. He always guides us and leads us because he has a plan for each and every person in this room. We can find comfort in knowing that he loves each and every person in the world unconditionally, no matter what. God works every situation for good, which is something that I have taken to heart this past year while dealing with the many struggles it has brought me.
Caden, we rejoice also that you have decided to respond to your baptism by publicly professing your faith, and I have some questions for you. Caden, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to redeem the world? Do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from sin? And do you, with repentance and joy, embrace him as the Lord of your life? I do, with God's help. Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God, revealing Christ and his redemption, and that the confessions of this church faithfully reflect this revelation? I do, with God's help. Do you accept the gracious promises of God sealed to you in your baptism, and do you affirm your union with Christ in this church, which your baptism signifies? I do, with God's help. And do you promise to do all you can with the help of the Holy Spirit, to strengthen your love and commitment to Christ by sharing faithfully in the life of this church, honoring and submitting to its authority? And do you join with the people of God in worship, fellowship, and mission? What is your answer? I do, with God's help. Thanks be to God. Hi, I'm Caden, and I'm sharing my faith story today. Now, my faith story hasn't been very flashy. You see those stories of people that discover Christ in this way that sets them apart from the rest. But that isn't me. I didn't have a plane almost crash or any sort of aha moment that led me to Christ. Instead, I had something better, a loving family and a loving church family that have led me to God. This being through big moments like Berea and Serve that have given me the courage to take the next step. One of the biggest, biggest moments that I've had this year was at Berea, as I just said. The topic that was spoken about was the story of Peter when he walked on water. He saw Jesus out there in the water and jumped out of the boat. No questions. He had no way of knowing whether uh, he had no way of knowing whether or not he would be able to make it to Jesus. But he trusted that he had his back. At Berea, we were encouraged to take the next step in our faith. And in the past years like this, I felt like I was just going through the motions. I was there, and I didn't really. I wasn't. I was there, and I didn't really take what they were saying to heart. But this year, as they encouraged us to go to the front and grab our faith cards or whatever they're called, I really felt that God was planning something for me to take the next step. And I grabbed the card, which was labeled, Go Boldly. And that's what I'm doing today, going boldly, taking the next step, not just going through the motions, but actually doing what Jesus was sent down to, on, down to earth for us to do. are really good sermons. Um, Eli, come on up. How are you? Good. Ready? Eli, we also rejoice that you have now decided to respond to your baptism by publicly professing your faith in Jesus Christ. And I have some questions for you. Eli, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to redeem the world do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from your sin? And do you, with repentance and joy, embrace him as the Lord of your life? I do, with God's help. Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God, revealing Christ and his redemption, and that the confessions of this church faithfully reflect this revelation? I do, with God's help. Do you accept the gracious promises of God sealed to you in your baptism, and do you affirm your union with Christ and with his church, which your baptism signifies? I do, with God's help. And do you promise to do all you can with the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen your love and commitment to Christ 
by sharing faithfully in the life of the church, honoring and submitting to its authority, and do you join with the people of God in worship, fellowship, and mission? When I was five, I knew there was a God, but I didn't really know about him much. I just kept going about my life as I knew it. As I grew older, I thought about God more and asked more questions and got more involved. Through church, I grew in my faith. I started thinking about how God saved us and prayers and what they meant. I really like question and answer 129 from the Heidelberg Catechism. What does that little word amen express? <laughs> amen means this is truly and surely shall be. It is even more sure that God will listen to my prayer than I truly desire what I pray for. I also realized that I belonged in church. God called me here. I joined more church activities, including a catechism class. I joined as a helper, but the lessons spoke to me as well, especially from the first lesson about the Heidelberg Catechism question and answer one. What is our only comfort in life and in death? Our only, that I am not our own, but and belong body and soul to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. This really made me feel more welcome in God's kingdom and helped me think about exactly God's plan for me. The last thing that helped me upgrade my faith was a verse from the Bible. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 12 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to pray to me, and I will listen to you. This first helped me get through my last couple weeks of school. I realized God would help me until my final days and beyond. Annika, we rejoice also that you have now decided to respond to your baptism by publicly professing your faith in Jesus Christ. And I have some questions for you. Maybe you've heard them before. <laughs> Annika, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to redeem the world? Do you love and trust him as the one who saves you from sin? And do you, with repentance and joy, embrace him as the Lord of your life? Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God revealing Christ and his redemption and that the confessions of this church faithfully reflect this revelation? I do. God's. do you accept the gracious promises of God sealed to you in your baptism and do you affirm your union with Christ and his church which your baptism signifies? I do. God's. Finally, do you promise to do all that you can with the help of the Holy Spirit? to strengthen your love and commitment to Christ by sharing faithfully in the life of the church, honoring and submitting to its authority? And do you join with the people of God in worship, fellowship, and mission? The prophet Habakkuk, wrestling with the grief and pain of humanity, cried out to God the same way I and many others do today. Why, O oh God, do you allow such suffering, injustice, disease, and death to plague us? Where are you, God? Then God answered, 
Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, he says, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. As in, if God told us what he was really up to in our lives, we would choose to not accept it. We would be incapable of believing it was true. I cannot see all the truly unbelievable ways God is in my life now, nor do I think I ever will see or comprehend the complete beauty of my story on earth, but I often catch glimpses. I am professing my faith today because I can see God working in this church, which I am excited to be, be becoming a professing member of, in catechism class, singing catchy songs about sin and redemption with children, eating pancakes or talking late into the night with my youth group about who God is and what he has done, and hearing testimonies from those who shared in our profession of faith class, including a late night practice Zoom call last night. I see God in creation, from the intricacy of a bacterial flagellum motor to the sun setting over the Sangre de Cristo mountain range. I see God in the cycles of the church calendar, Christmas carols at candlelight services, ashen crosses on Ash Wednesday, and triumphal music and bright light at Easter. And I see God in the relationships he has blessed me with, my family, teammates, classmates, and all of my incredible friends. These people encourage me, make me laugh, and have allowed me to trust them in the same way they trust me. I still have many questions about how the world began and where it's going, but I can now confidently say that God is good and he has a plan. It has been a long journey to get to this point, one with a lot of learning and discussions about church governance with my grandfather and finding my voice with Annika. But it is one that I hope continues many years into the future. Thank you to all of those who have been along with me. done guys would you actually come all all of you up we're going to populate this middle step here for a second congregation you have heard their vows now you have a promise to make as well would you rise congregation do you promise to love and support emma ali kaden eli and annika with your prayers encouragement and example By the Holy Spirit, all who believe and are baptized are called to witness to Jesus as Savior and Lord and to love and serve those with whom they live and work. We are ambassadors for Christ, who reconciles and makes whole. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Joanna, Emma, Ali, Caden, Eli, Annika, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to full participation in the life of this church to its responsibilities, its joys, and its sufferings. I have a charge for you. Ready? Joanna, Emma, Ali, Caden, Eli, Annika, remember your baptism and be thankful. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Live in love as Christ loved you and gave himself for you. And now receive God's blessing upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. Yes, my elders are helping. Remember, we have gifts for all of you as well. Goodie bags. They're shiny. There you go. 
While we make that transition, you have heard them profess their faith. Let's profess the faith we share in common. Let's say together the ancient creed. Together, I believe in God the Father. Baptism is something that happens just the one time in our lives, but the beauty of the fact that God chose water is that water surrounds us all the time. We take a shower, we take a drink, we swim, we bathe in it, we see it, we ride boats on it, I'm trying, all the things we do with water, right? And the beauty of that is that God took something common and ordinary and that surrounds us and he charged it with an awareness that he is close to us, that he loves us, that he has paid for us with his own blood. And so those promises mark us, and they're meant to ripple out and follow us in our lives. And so today, not only do we commemorate baptism, but we also honor people who are making life transitions. And to help me do that, I'm going to invite my friend Kate up, who's going to lead us in the next part. I feel like my voice is not going to come out. This has been emotional, and I'm so excited, and there's so many amazing things happening this morning. But I wanted to let you know that each year around this time, we do a worship workshop where the children learn about the Lord's Supper in Kid Street. And the students who are entering third grade next year were also given a devotional that they can use with their families called You're Invited, and they can learn more in depth about the Lord's Supper. I would like to invite my friends, the students who are entering third grade next year, to come on up and receive the Bible. Garrett V, Mackenzie, Sienna, Jacob W, and Charlotte, come on up. Congregation, what is our prayer for these graduates? We rejoice in this step in your journey with God. We pray that God will continue to guide you in learning about Him through His Word. We didn't practice. <laughs> okay, thank you. Let's give them a hand.
And the thing about kids is that they grow, right? And they get bigger. And also for us in faith, we are meant to grow as well. And so we don't just mark this one occasion, but we continue to mark other important milestones in the faith journey. And so we want to highlight too as well our high school and those who have completed uh, college and graduate work as well today. So for those of you who are present, we're going to embarrass you just for a moment here. I'm going to invite you all to come forward if you're here. We'll, of course, remember also those with us who aren't able to be here in person. So Hope Brookhouse, come on up. Annika Holm, Christian Holm, Cam Gibbons, Bobby Gaudet, Ben Schneider, Callie Vandenacker. They are all graduating from high school. And then also Andrew Schneider and Jonathan Buma. We have a gift for you guys as well. We also have a prayer. Friends, would you stand? And what is this prayer for these graduates? Together. Bless these graduates. encounter. Help them to know that no matter where life leads them, you will be with them. Thanks be to God. Thank you, guys. Friends, let's sing together.
friends, the peace of Christ be with you. Also with you. Take a moment to just share the peace of Christ. Our children want to come forward. People of God, what is our prayer? Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. I'm Sue Cooper, one of the elders here, and it's my privilege and honor to lead us in prayer. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as followers of Jesus Christ living in this world, which some seek to control and others view with despair, we declare with joy and trust our world belongs to you. From the beginning, through all the crises of our times, until the kingdom fully comes, you keep your covenant forever. Our world belongs to you. You are king. Let the earth be glad. Christ is victor. His rule has begun. The spirit is at work. Creation is renewed. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Lord, you have blessed us with so much. Our hearts are overflowing with thanksgiving. Thank you for our youth in this community. Thank you for these high school students that are standing to proclaim that they belong to you. Give them wisdom and courage to live a life that honors you in everything they do. Guide them by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for our younger students who are growing in their knowledge of you. Help them to continue to grow, to ask questions, and to trust in you. Open their hearts and minds with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You promised that though you would leave, you would not leave us alone. Guide and guard our hearts with your spirit. Guide our church. Bless the council as they seek you and your plans for our future. Father, we pray for our world. We rejoice that our world belongs to you, but our hearts are breaking over suffering, war, famine, and persecution in places all over the world. Heal the brokenhearted. Feed the hungry. Bring your peace to troubled areas. Let Christians around the world be transformers and share in this healing ministry. Father, bless and bring healing to those who are struggling with health issues. Bring relief from pain for Audrey as she awaits surgery. Strength and well-being and answers from the doctors for Carol L. We pray for Duane and his family as they await word of a possible lung transplant. We rejoice with Karen S. for healing and great progress. You are the great physician and the comforter. Comfort those who mourn. 
Father, open our eyes, our minds, and hearts as Matthew brings your word to us. Bless him and his work and let it bring honor to your name. We rejoice in your goodness. We renounce the works of darkness and dedicate ourselves to holy living. As covenant partners set free for joyful obedience, we offer our hearts and lives to do your work in the world. With tempered impatience, eager to see injustice ended, we expect the day of the Lord. We are confident that the light which shines in the present darkness will fill the earth when Christ appears. Come, Lord Jesus, our world belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's scripture reading comes from John 15:26 through 16:15. The work of the Holy Spirit. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you all this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the Prince of this new world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Hi again. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we have heard already so much of your work and the stories that we have told and heard. We ask now that as we turn to your word, that you would root us in the things that you have told us about yourself. We pray this in your name. Amen. In his biography of former President Lyndon Johnson, Robert Caro described what the former president could be like at parties. At dinner parties, Johnson could be absolutely the life of it. When he was talking or somehow when the conversation was about him, Johnson could be animated and charismatic. He was a large man with a large presence. However, if the conversation turned towards someone else, or if someone else started telling a story, 
Johnson had a habit of falling asleep at the table. He would put his chin down on his chest, he'd close his eyes, and he would doze off sometimes for up to 20 minutes until the conversation came back to him and he literally woke up talking. Johnson was a big man with a big personality who liked it best when the conversation was about him. We've known people in our lives who have a habit of steering the conversation toward themselves. Folks who can never fail to find a way to take what you are saying and relate it to something that happened to them one time. It's been said there's two kinds of people in the world. There are those who walk into a room and everything about them says, here I am. But there are also those who walk into a room and everything about them says, there you are. The first kind of person can be a lot of fun at dinner parties, but it's the second kind who you want to have over for dinner. Because the person who only talks about themselves usually stifles meaningful relationship. Unless it's Jesus. Did you notice, isn't it interesting that today Jesus is at a meal with his disciples and he seems to think that he is the most important topic of conversation? In fact, Jesus seems to be telling us that our ability to see that he is the most important topic of conversation is a barometer of how spiritually alive we are. If you count them in this section of verses and a little bit Beyond it, Jesus refers to himself or uses the word I something like 60 times. Here at this upper room dinner party, Jesus is talking about Jesus. And Jesus says, after I'm gone, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will, guess what? Talk about Jesus. He will testify to Jesus. In fact, the only thing that you will ever hear from the Holy Spirit is what the Holy Spirit hears from me. Jesus will talk about Jesus to the Spirit who will testify to Jesus in this endless loop of conversation about Jesus. Jesus is talking about Jesus. The Spirit is testifying to Jesus. And we also must testify, Jesus says. Today, the conversation in this room has been all about Jesus. The songs we've sung, the words we're saying, the vows that... Joanna and Annika and Caden and Eli and Allie and Emma made, they're all about Jesus. And you heard in their stories about why Jesus is the reason that they are making their vows. Without Jesus, none of us would be here. Today we have testified to Jesus and we have said, some of us, I have decided to follow Jesus. But today, today can be the exception. In fact, looking at this passage, Jesus is talking about Jesus and the Spirit is going to talk about Jesus, but Jesus seems to wish that we would talk about him more. Can you hear the longing and the disappointment there in verse 4 and verse 5 in chapter 16? I'm going back to the one who sent me, Jesus is saying. I am entering the living presence of God the Father himself, but none of you asks me any questions about it. None of you has any questions at all. Like trying to teach a class on Zoom at 8 o'clock in the morning, Jesus is pouring his heart out to his learners, his disciples, but they've, they've got no questions. Jesus seems to wish that we would ask a question like, 
I don't know, like, Jesus, you seem to be saying that you're about to leave a lot. Can you tell us about where you're going? But none of us asks. We are all instead filled with grief, which just further reinforces that we have no idea what's going on. He seems to wish that we were all just a little more spiritually curious. Several years ago, I was teaching a profession of faith class to some different high schoolers in a different setting. They had all grown up in church. They had gone to a Christian day school. They wanted to make a profession of faith. And as we were getting close to the day, we'd gone through a process, and I asked them a question. I asked, now that this is your church and not just your parents, what would you like to see more of? Now, honestly, I half expected them to say something like, we would like better music, or we would like to see quippy, tweetable sermon sound bites, or we would like more video clips in worship. In all honesty, I had sold them short. But that's not what they said. I asked them, what do you wish we did more of in church now that this is your church? And without missing a beat, the two students replied, I wish that the adults in church would talk more about their faith and their questions and their doubts. I wish they would ask me about my faith more and less about how school is going. Wow. Can you hear the longing and the disappointment in their words? I feel like I've heard it before. Jesus talks about Jesus, and the Spirit will testify to Jesus, and we also must testify, Jesus says. Why don't we? Some time ago, I was talking to a young man, and he was describing to me a kind of spiritual malaise. He was thirsty for something. He was thirsty, craving something more than the Christianity that he'd known or assumed to be true for most of his life. And I asked him, well, what do you mean by more? And he said, well, among other things, he wants to be moved by it. And I said, well, what do you mean by moved by it? And he said, in my church, we confess sins. And I said, okay. And then he said the most interesting thing. He said, when they confess sins, I don't believe that they believe it. And I said, well, you mean that they're not convinced that they're sinners? He said, no, they know it. They assume it. But when the confession comes, they just kind of roll over. And then he said, I think if we really believed that God was accusing us of things that we had done wrong, we would argue. Now, how you would do that in a public confession of sin... I don't know. But I think he's onto something. Because if Jesus really is God in the flesh, then he is someone to relate to and to converse with, and perhaps even at times someone with whom to argue and wrestle because he does not tell us the things that we want to hear. And what that student and those profession of faith students, I think, are all saying what they're longing for is this kind of living relationship with God that treats Jesus as though he is, in fact, the most important thing in the universe. What they are thirsty for is this kind of dynamic relationship 
that in fact Jesus happens to be talking about through the Holy Spirit today. One that that calls us specifically by name and convicts us when we stray and calls us home and then calls us and sends us out into the world. Jesus talks about Jesus and the Spirit testifies to Jesus and we also must testify. Somewhere along the way, Christians made testifying to Jesus very complicated. But Jesus does not call us to be creative writers who invent clever stories about Jesus. He doesn't ask us to be philosophical theologians who can explain Jesus in accordance to the underpinnings of reality. He calls us, what does he call us? What is it? Witnesses. And the last thing that you want a witness to be is creative. A witness simply testifies to what they have known and seen and experienced. Jesus says, you also must testify, for you have been with me. Which is why he gives us the Spirit in the first place. Jesus says that he will give the Spirit of truth. To his followers. He doesn't say he will send the spirit of powerful mystical experience. He does not promise us the spirit of secret, super Christian hidden knowledge that if you say it the right way, you'll get it. Sometimes Christians treat the Holy Spirit as an add-on for the super committed, but this, this is not how Jesus describes the spirit. The spirit is, is what? It's the spirit of truth. And the Spirit's job is to lead us into all the truth. And the truth is public. And friends, in the Bible, truth is not an idea that we comprehend. Truth is a person whom we know. Jesus talks about Jesus and the Spirit testifies to Jesus. And you also must testify for you have been with me. Jesus doesn't tell us the truth. He is the truth. And this is what Pentecost is about. Today we celebrate, of all things, that Jesus is not here. He left! And this is not a reason for grieving. It is, in fact, the best possible thing that could have ever happened to us. Why? Because Jesus leaving that some, meant that someone else was coming. Jesus and the Father, they conspire together to send the Holy Spirit. And John said, I baptize you with water, but the day is coming when someone greater than I, whose sandals I am not even worthy to untie, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And in the waters of our baptism, we glimpse God's cleansing fire that burns away our sin like chaff. We glimpse in this water the washing clean of Jesus' blood done for us. In baptism, we see Jesus who sent the anointing fire not because we asked the right way, but because He asked. In baptism, we see Jesus who fills the book of John with the faithfulness of God and who fills our lives to overflowing with his promises made and kept in his life, death, and resurrection. And we are kept and held safe in God until he comes back in glory. 
Oh, my friends, Pentecost is not about hidden spiritual secrets or power or charisma. Pentecost is about seeing Jesus in all of the fullness and clarity of who he actually is. It's about having Jesus become the actual center of your life and our favorite topic of conversation. And in a world that can be sometimes obsessed with what everyone is doing wrong, Today we come into church and it's the Spirit's job to change everyone's topic of conversation. To change the conversation from what is wrong with the world, which is plenty, to what is so right about Jesus, which is everything. And the more that we hear the Spirit whispering Jesus to us, the more our negativity and finger-pointing and self-hatred begins to dry up replaced by the good news of God's grace for the undeserving and his finished work defeating the accuser whose condemnation is made sure in the cross of Christ. Friends, there ain't nobody else who done something like this for you and for me. There ain't nobody who loves us like Jesus. And that is why he is always worth talking about. For when Jesus is the thing that we sing and say and speak, everyone thrives. Jesus is talking about Jesus, and the Spirit is testifying to Jesus, and we also must testify. Can I get a witness? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. <laughs> Almost there. So we have literally savored and soaked so many good and rich and abundant things about our faith. We have told the stories. We have trotted out all the things today, and that's a lot to make sense of. And so even as we are trying to absorb this as a congregation, we also have a way for our third through fifth grade students to do this more specifically, to talk together with our church leaders about what they're noticing and experiencing and, and, and hearing from God. And so we'd like to invite those students to come forward and we're going to dismiss them. People of God, oh, there we go, I'm rushing. Come on up. People of God, what is our prayer together? Almighty and loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. Help us to believe what we have heard, planted deep in our hearts, and live in ways that honor you above all. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. We continue to respond together as well by offering up some of what God has entrusted to us for our offering and also by lifting our voice in song. So friends, would you rise in body or in spirit and let's sing together.
Brothers and sisters, the God who has welcomed us into this place, who has fed us with his words and promises, is the same God who goes with you from this place. He marks you with his blessing. Would you open your hands and receive it? May the God who makes everything holy and whole make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he will do it. Amen. Let's go singing and remembering.
Thank you. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus Christ.